Welcome everyone to another episode of the Moana Nui podcast. I am your host Moana and tonight I am joined by my co-host Dana. Dana, introduce yourself. Hello everyone. I am Dana. Um, I am with Danique Events uh, for event planning and uh, photography. Um, a lot of you may know me from uh, being a con staff photographer, uh, cosplay photographer, and more. And so I'm looking forward to you all joining us for the next hour to learn a bit more about our guests. Awesome. Thanks, Dana. So tonight we are joined by David Crownson. Uh, he is a writer, creator, of, um, and CEO of Kingwood Comics. Um, he is also the author of... Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, which is one of my favorite comics from 2020. I just caught up on the series um, and I'm really excited to have him with us tonight to talk a little bit more about his story um, and get behind the scenes um, of his work. David can be found on both Instagram and Twitter at D. Crownson and on Facebook at Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. So without further ado, we'll bring him on. Hey! What's going on, hey David? How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? How's the way I'm talking like this? <laughs> I love it. I love it. As you can see, David has an amazingly funny personality. It's one of the things I love about him, in addition to him being uh, an amazing creator. So thank you again for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. You did my voice. Like, <laughs> 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 you did. I was all touch. I, I, I mean, but thank you for going to tickle me, Elmo. <laughs> Like, like that, that's how I am like in real life and shit. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for having me. This is great. This is awesome. Uh, you're welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up and how did you find yourself in comics? Yeah, I was born and raised in New Jersey in Hutterdon County, you know, very uh, white area. Um, there was only two brothers in the whole school system, me and my brother. That, that that's a little joke. My my brother, no, I'm kidding. I don't have I don't have, well my I do have a brother, but he grew up in another area. But anywho, um, yeah, like my my dad, I think he I got into comics when Superman died. Like like there was a Death of Superman book that was coming out, and like my dad was like, "Yo, this is gonna be like worth a lot of money. Like let me buy you this. Like it's called a graphic novel." read this and like i don't know that's kind of messed up my dad like made me read this book where superman's being beaten to death <laughs> i was like yeah this is some morbid shit dad was going on but yeah i just read that and again this is my introduction to superman like not christopher reeve you know this is like the 90s this is my first time being introduced to superman and he dies so like i always thought oh like I thought, oh, so, that, so that's it. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I thought this dude was a hero. And he's always hyped. And it was all it was all over the news. Like a real person died, right? And uh, and this is around the time I think DC Comics were trying to do their 
death of thing. They even did a book where it was Batman getting his back broken, right? And uh, like Batman broken bat. And I those are the two books my dad got me into. So, so these are books with like no happy endings. <laughs> so it, it like kind of shaped me. But then I realized I'm like, oh, there was like a continuation. And Superman was brought back to life. And then I just got into cartoons. Um, like I would get the, the newspaper and I would read like the back where it's like Heathcliff and Peanuts um family circus and i just kind of fell in love with comics through that and would make my own little like goofy cartoons uh i, I couldn't draw for shit um but i just thought it was like a fun way of telling a story so that was my introduction and just down i just i would read every single like spider-man book because there was a bookstore like Back back in my day, kids, if you listen, there was this thing called Borders, right? <laughs> there was, back, back in my day in 2002, there was this little place called Borders where there was books, music, and coffee. And I would go there after school and just read every single graphic novel that they had and wait till my mom picked me up. And uh, it was the best. <laughs> but yeah. That's my introduction to comics. I never imagined a career in, in comics. I didn't really know how to get into that, really. I just thought, oh, this is like a fun thing. And I was more interested like in filmmaking and in acting. Mm. And I was a fan of comics. And then randomly, I'm a creator of it now. and have a career in it and have my own publishing company. You know, Kingwood Comics. So that's right. Represent. That's right. We're in my logo. What up? <laughs> um, but yeah, so... So yeah. <laughs> well, great. Um, well, I read that you're getting, um, learned about you, finding out that your family's from Ghana and yeah. your roots there. And for most people, their perception of Africa is very skewed. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about what life and culture is like in Ghana? Yeah, okay. So like the food is a hundred times better. Everyone there is just happy and grateful to just be alive and they don't understand the concept of depression like they, like they don't understand like the concept of depression or like uh, people being sad like i was talking to them about one of my good friends who is you know wealthy and this friend of mine who is a very wealthy person struggles with battles with depression and they're like oh are they they're just like oh are they depressed because they don't have legs or something i'm like no they have two legs uh, like, oh, do they, uh, are they blind or do they not have, I'm like, like, no, they have all that stuff working. They, they're they just depressed. It just happens. And they're like, what? <laughs> and and they, they don't under, like, it's like, because everyone there is just happy all the time. And uh, what's it called? And I, I lost a lot of weight when I was there because, you know, food was dope and everything there is natural. And it was, I don't know, like, I've heard people say when they've, like, a lot of black people, when they travel, you know, to continent of africa they they don't feel like a black person they feel like just a person and i never really got that until like um i think one time i wear glasses sometimes and i left my glasses i was working out at the gym and like i don't know if, if y'all have like dealt with this when someone's like trying to identify you who doesn't know you they always want like do, do you ever get that they want to say like oh that i mean that woman <laughs> or like that eight i mean that young lady like it always feels like there's like a little bit of that here especially here and i always feel like oh they before i'm a a guy i'm a black guy you mm -hmm. know no like i'm 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 very proud of, of my blackness but like i don't really like there's something about my humanity right. that is missing here 
a little bit. But when I when I was there, I was just Dave. Like I was just a guy, and it just it just it just felt really. I, it's, I'm having yeah yeah. This was like five years ago. I'm still processing that. <laughs> you know, just like yeah, the just more humanity. And and you know, when I got pulled over in Ghana, you know, it was for an actual busted taillight. Like I wasn't like a, a suspect in something. You know, and like it, where I live now, New Jersey, it's kind of mixed. There's you know, there's lots of white people. There's lots of white people. But you know, if I'm walking, you know, around at night. You know, if I'm just because I like to, you know, a brother likes to walk and, and just think, you know, I, I have to be kind of like, okay, so I'm going to call the comms on. <laughs> and I, and I, I've had that happen to me. And I've never had that happen before when I was in Ghana the whole time. So I think everyone should do it. Every person of color, every black person should do I know why my voice is, is doing this right now. But like, I think no one should do it. Um, just, just, you know, humanity and and like and to them they they didn't think it was that big of a deal they're like what you're a guy everywhere i'm like no you understand <laughs> here i'm just a guy and they're like david we don't get it like <laughs> they, they really didn't understand it so i just had to kind of like really american explain like what <laughs> like just how the experience is like is and how like you know like like i know my roots and i i know my, my family is from here and just explain to them like hey like you know some of my friends we have to do this thing called ancestry uh <laughs> because this very scary thing called slavery happened mm-hmm. um and you're just trying to you know figure out source and everything so but yeah like just again everyone is just so jovial everyone's happy and so rich with emotion and also uh also the food is is incredible there's there's no such thing as like high fructose corn syrup is illegal there like like david was being silly at the at the newark international airport david fucked around and, but like you know i was kind of like goofing around and i got like a coca-cola and when i you know they, they they let me have it on the plane but you know when i was walking in they were like stop you cannot have this because it has these illegal ingredients that are not allowed past here and um, I'm like, yo, man, it's Coca-Cola. What's the big deal? I'm like, what do you mean ingredients? And they're just like this. And it was they pointed high fructose corn syrup. And they like and they like made sure to like throw it away like in front of my face. I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, relax. It's not like alcohol, but for them, it was like I brought like a bomb. <laughs> like I might as well have brought and I just said, no, everyone drinks this in America. And they were like, <laughs> it was like because our Coca-Cola is way better. And their Coca-Cola is way better, by the mm-hmm. way like yes yes yeah yeah like uh, orange fanta the ingredients are literally oranges cane sugar mineral bubbling sparkling water that's it (laughs) and it is delicious Mm. again i lost 15 pounds and 10 percent body fat um (laughs) just like eating donuts and pizza (laughs) gotta (laughs) so yeah I, i again like was just really grounded when I was there and meditated and prayed a lot. Um, I went to this place called the Achimoto uh, Mountains in Accra. And like, I've never been so relaxed in my life. Like, this is how relaxed I was. Basically, you're you're just kind of meditating and kind of focusing. Being meditated for them is just like, there's no thought. It's only feeling and connection to God. 
Dave's gonna get a little corny, everyone. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I just kind of really connecting to source and just what I think of. You know, everyone says universe, Buddha, whatever, but it, for me, just kind of connecting to myself and praying and meditating, and was just so relaxed by the end of it. And it was like a three day retreat, and I was so relaxed. I woke up in my like little like tent, and I woke up to this spider that was like this, <laughs> like this big, like on my like wall. And I didn't like, you know, if it was here, like, yo, I, I would have like put a hole through that thing. And like, the spider would have gone crazy. And like, I would have probably broken a leg, but I was just like, oh, that spider's there. It ain't bugging me. Right. I, I need some breakfast. <laughs> you know and, and like and like all my stuff was like zipped up and like the spider was just like what's up Chilling. <laughs> I, I ain't bugging you man I, I i woke up like this so um <laughs> like 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 do we do we have a problem <laughs> or something like that i'm like i'm like nah man so spider sp- spider was still there i thought th- i thought the spider was dead because it got kind of cold that night i'm like oh maybe the spider just froze or some shit that's why I was like, I ain't dead. I'm like, oh, all right, all right. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, um, it was it was a great trip. I highly recommend it. Please do it, both of you. Do it. Well, <laughs> don't don't do it to like they won't allow any they won't allow any of us in unless we know a diplomat <laughs> or 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 like you know. 2022, 2020. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. You don't want the cooties right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the ghetto. The ghetto. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, in the article uh, spotlight that Sci Fi Wire did on you, it mentioned that um, Harriet Tubman has roots and ties to Ghana, too. Yeah. Um, how did that connection influence and inspire your writing and storytelling? It, it was like, I found out in Ghana, <laughs> like, and, and it was, uh, it just felt like a full circle moment. Like, and I, and again, when I was there, I was not thinking about doing a comic book. I was not thinking about, like, if I was thinking about comics, I'm like, yeah, I got to get that Miles Morales on comicsology. <laughs> like, that's the only time I thought about comics. But, like, I think I was just, I just got lost in this documentary because they were celebrating Harriet, Harriet Tubman. And they just mentioned like they did tracing and they found out that her roots were in Ghana and like in Accra. And I was like, oh snap, this is crazy. What the hell? I can't believe this. Um, and, and I was like, wow. But influencing, I think influencing my writing, I don't know. I just kind of like, it was that. And then watching another, after that documentary ended, they they just kind of mentioned things that I didn't had, I didn't know yet about Harriet. I'm like, I didn't know she was four foot 11. And I didn't know that she had like a sense of humor. Because mm-hmm. when, when I see Harriet Tubman, I'm always like, like it's like, like <laughs> it, it, it's very like it's very like dead serious, and but just finding out that she had like, uh, it was the nuance that she had a sense of humor and had levity, and I'm like, oh, like that's how you, because you know this is a, this is a stressful, scary thing that yeah. you know, people do, and showing up in the form of love. Because, you know, in, in America, it's always like, she was a strong black woman. Yeah. And like, <laughs> but instead of like the, the the humanity that she was a loving person. Like, I think my favorite story from that was when, and this this influenced a lot of how I write the comic, was that Harry Tom was leading his family to freedom. 
and the father it was like this big like big big brother and he had like a he was having a panic attack and you know it's, it's 1850 he doesn't know he's having a panic attack um but he was just like He's like, oh my god! Like this was a mistake. I, I should have kept my family at home. They're gonna find us. They're gonna kill us. Like you're, you're a fugitive. This, this is, this is bad. He started, he started, and he was loud. And this is a stressful time because this is when Harriet Tubman's like identity was like leaked. Um, I say leaked like they had Twitter back in the day. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, man, was, uh, I'm like imagining a sketch now where Harriet Tubman has like like a a Twitter like we out hashtag. <laughs> Harriet tur- Harriet Tubman turns off location on her cell phone. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I promise I'm a mature adult. Um, but like. Uh, Harry, so this, so this guy's having a panic attack, right? And it's a really scary time. And Harry Tubman walks over, you know, she's four foot eleven, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Harry Tubman's gonna shoot him because she had a gun. And she was known for if like someone acts up, she was like, "Listen," <laughs> you know. And she just walked over, and everyone got nervous because she's like, "She's gonna, he's gonna, she's gonna shoot him." And then instead of like getting really aggressive and being like, "Yo, shut the fuck up," she was like, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> and uh and just talked to him and gave him counsel mm-hmm. and, and no one knows what because it was it got really quiet because she took all this time to really listen to him and she made him laugh and i'm like wait and then he was calm and it, it's like she disappeared all of his fear all of his anxiety by just being a present human being and then making him laugh and like making him laugh hard too so i'm like wait that's a hero that's that's what I want to I want to write from that distinction of in the face of this monster of slavery of white supremacy this she can show up like this I'm like that's a badass so um so yeah so that kind of helped and in, inspire me because I I just I needed to find something that would make I needed to find some type of quirk and being like able to maintain levity and wit during that time and also love for not just you know herself, but for her people. I'm like, yeah, like she loves us. <laughs> like Harriet Tubman, like loves us. So I just wrote it from that distinction, and I love it. I think you did that really well. I really enjoyed that part of the book. You know, because typically you would like expect the male to be like, yes, I am man, and I'm going to kick everybody's ass. But he's the one that's having the the issue in that in that particular moment. And the fact that you know she was like very understanding with him, I was like. Yeah, he, he did that right there. Exactly. Yeah, and like, yo, some some men were like low key, like, hey, yo, I'm a man. I ain't gonna let some four foot eleven woman tell me. <laughs> 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 all, right, all right, all right. I was joking. I was joking. I was joking. I was joking. Please, you know, and and like, because they had a lot. They had a they had a hard time because again, this eighteen. Like we think there's misogyny and bullshit like out now in 2021. Imagine 1850. <laughs> so like, yo, know, this woman, this dark-skinned black woman is going to lead you, and you have to listen to this woman. You're like, man, my what? And like, and there was a, there was a lot of that, even like from Harriet Tubman's uh, husband, who you know he 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 was. You know, I don't give a damn what that. I mean, Cynthia Reeve is a good Cynthia. I love you. <laughs> she didn't write the movie, but uh, <laughs> she just showed up to act and collect a check. But yo, know, uh, 
that movie, he, Jonathan Tubman was not down with what his wife was doing. He was not supportive of it. He was like, listen, I'm free. We got, we, we make like maybe $12 a week, which is a lot of money. Like, what are you doing? Just go there, do, do the work. We're fine. We're, we're okay. And she was like, no, this is, this is wrong. And, you know, she defied her husband and said like, I'm going to do this. And he was like, well, if you keep doing it, I'm going to tell Massa. And she's like, all right, tell him. And he's like, he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) 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 Which, which I'm going to do, I'm going to recreate that in my book, but like, you know, recreate that from the perspective that she knows martial arts and has superhuman strength. But also like, what does that do to like a very, like, what does that do to a, a guy who, um, has his own insecurities and stuff and maybe down the road I'll make him a villain because he's mad that his wife rejected him and it's not really about his wife it's about him and his like own ego bullshit and being rejected by this petite dark-skinned black woman who can't read and he thinks he's better than her so he must prove it in a weird way oh shit spoilers for Harry Tubman Demon Slayer down the road <laughs> <laughs> Well, along with that, um, my next question is, how important is your cultural heritage to you, not only as a person, but as a writer? I'm quiet because I'm thinking. (laughs) As a person and as a writer, there are certain instincts that I have that growing up in certain communities that I would probably suppress that are kind of like a natural way of reacting. You know, I think certain places that I grew up, it was kind of welcome to be stressed and okay to be stressed. Like, if you're not stressed out or, or have this stressful reaction to this thing, you're not normal. But with knowing how people that are of my heritage react and what certain beliefs, I think it's like, it was like a natural and like just an innate way of, of being and kind of living my life in gratitude. And not like, not not just, and not like toxic positivity where it's like this shitty thing happened. We're just still gonna like be joyful anyway, but still still acknowledging it and still being open to, and again being open and acknowledging this either something sad that happened instead of it kind of shrinking, kind of just kind of loving more. Because yeah, I've always kind of, again I'm very corny, <laughs> and, and just. Just the embrace of cynicism and resignation was in certain places is is welcomed, uh, but the hope and um, reckon just kind of listening and recognizing like again before when I said like they don't believe in depression that doesn't mean they don't experience negative emotions. Like I think when I was there, this guy he said something really uh, that stuck with me because at first I'm like, man, this. What drugs they on here? And he just said, "Well, because I was talking about like certain things I've experienced." And he says, "Well, cynicism, this great guy, he just said, well, cynicism is okay because it means something's missing, and we have to point those things out. It's good that what we like, what we like about America is the, the black Americans they point out <laughs> when something is wrong. You know, it, cynicism, a little bit of cynicism is okay because we have to acknowledge what is missing." and aggressively fight for it. They're not really about like uh, cancel, like, you know, we've kind of, there is a little bit of cancel culture that happens 
here with us. They're very much like, well, I, I still think we do like we do this like uh, we, we like just kind of roasting and making fun of people. I say no. If one person messes up, we have to humble them, <laughs> like lovingly humble them. Parentheses roast them and make fun of them, and then be like, yeah, I don't. So so why did you do that? You know. So yeah, uh, uh, did I answer your question? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely, you did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a question from Drew Phillips, who's watching, and he asked, do you feel obligated to an extent to create the way you do? Obligation? To create the way that I, meaning like, I, I, I create stuff with, with black leads? <laughs> I, I don't know if it's an obligation, but it's just, I just feel like naturally, like, like I, I just realized my next two comics are black and Afro Latina leads and I couldn't really imagine anything. And it's not because I'm like, yo, I want, I want to be a black person. I'm like, I'm like, yo, I know people like this. I, mean, I know white people like this, but, but I think I've seen that same story and that same iteration a billion times with, with, with a white person. You know, and I'm like, okay. And also, there's just something, there's just something that like an acting teacher said to me because some white people in my class who were being trash, they they were mad that this play had been redone with a black cast. And he was like, yo, how come, you know, uh, if I if I did raising the sun with white people, people would be mad. And my acting teacher, Gary Kingston, shout out to him, dope Irish white man. He was like, I think when it's black people, it brings more character. And also, you can never do raising the son with a white family because, and, and I, I and I, I'm I'm like I'm like man, go ahead and explain this. <laughs> and, and, the, and he did. He just was like because it, it just the play it informs it's the DNA is written for <laughs> someone black. When you do Death of a Salesman, it's a different play when that. Black man's trying to sell something to support his black family. <laughs> like the stress level. If it's a white dude, it's like, oh, you'll just find another job. <laughs> like, like, man, you'll be all right. <laughs> He's like, boy, you just want that one job. He's like, just find like another company. You'll be all right. <laughs> He's like, just, just try TD. Just try another bank. It'll, it, it'll be fine. <laughs> you know, when you're black, like the stakes are higher and certain things might not pan out. Like, so that's why, like, again, like, like my next, the next book I'm doing is, uh, I think it was, it's not, sorry, I got a little mixed up. Uh, it's about a woman who is an assassin and she's a retiring assassin. And, you know, she's about to retire and she's kind of like, you know, killing a bunch of people, even though they're back, it's kind of made me, she's still a human being. So she kind of feels like a little bit dead inside. She's going to therapy, trying to really fix herself. And she's like, okay, I'll try dating because I haven't really dated. <laughs> and she meets this guy. And fall, and she falls in love with this guy, this like really nerdy brother who's like a lawyer and stuff. And uh, she like falls hard from him. So she's like about to start her life. She has this one final kill. And the final kill is the boyfriend because he's a lawyer who's like prosecuting a bunch of mob bosses. And mob bosses want him gone. So she has to struggle with like, Am I going to kill this guy that's like, like my heart is here with him and he's opened me up to being human or am I going to kill him or like, do I not kill him? And I've set it up that like, 
if you don't like complete your kill, this like assassination squad like kills you. So uh, her name is Beatrice, and the comic book is called Killer B. And um, spoiler, she doesn't kill him, so she has to go on the run. It's like John Wick, but a romantic comedy. But again, we've seen that a million times with a white man, and like. We've never seen like a goofy, tall, uh, like I'm basically writing myself for this guy. Um, what's it called? Go to your question. We'll skip question. Uh, you- <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't know. I was reading. Sorry. I was sorry everyone. Ignore what I just said. But no, um, we've never seen like, again, we've never seen like a black man be like the damsel in distress. All right. <laughs> we've, ne- oh, we've never seen like the, well, we have seen a black man be like, the hero and stuff, but like in the guise of like it being rom- romance and black love and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I do feel not obligated. I'm just like, like, come on. How many times can I see like a white dude whoop someone's ass that isn't Tom Cruise or Keanu Reeves? Well, Keanu Reeves half Asian, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> and that too. Yo, originally I was going to make this woman eight. Like I, I. I was going. I was going to make her Asian at one point because I was afraid of being known as like he, he's the dude that, that only makes stuff with black female leads who are badass. And uh, my one friend who's an editor was like, "Hey, I really think this is when I had the really early, early parts of it." It's like, "Hey, I think you should make it a black." Woman. And uh, and I, I sat and I thought about it, and I was like, "You're right." So shout out to Sharonda J Brown, who's my amazing editor, and she's dope. Please follow her. Uh, she's responsible for me getting in Facebook jail, but I won't judge her. I share all her woke stuff. I'm, I'm <laughs> she's amazing. And follow Where Your Voice magazine, a dope place run by awesome uh, people of color. With the pandemic going on right now, um, the current climate has made it difficult for a lot of creators to connect with their audiences because a lot of them connect at conventions and things like that. How have you bridged the gap? and continue to bring new content to your fan base and future new fans just really i think because there's only there's only so much you can share on instagram there's only so much you can tweet but it's thinking of new ways like i recently i directed a commercial for chapter five of my comic and i was like chapter five is coming i'm like okay when what should i what should i do because like there's i can just be like yo everyone here's the link uh, subscribe and you know i can only do that so many times so everyone's always on me about oh this would be a good tv show this would be a great movie or something i'm like all right let me let me direct a commercial and uh hire like a friend of mine who's a dp shout out to lex kimbrough who drove from north carolina <laughs> to help me dp this and my friends uh tony Kinnett, kevin slowly my cousin joshua bonner um all came together and uh you know we 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 shot this thing and it looks really good um and that's you know not not because of like me but because everyone else is awesome and did their jobs uh like this girl tiara who's a friend of mine came in to play harriet and uh my friend caroline and you know it, it, it yeah just just kind of like going not i'm gonna say like because uh, it seems so surface be like yo i just go hard with my shit but like <laughs> really like okay like just really putting yourself okay what do i want to see and that's not a diss on any black creative usually or or any creative usually when they do like a book a trailer like for like a book they have like they hire actors and all this other stuff for them like, okay let me do this like 
uh, and make it seem like it's a movie uh, that's coming out right now, and it's a comic. And I think I'm going to keep doing that with all of my stuff. And also also putting my, not just like dropping my comic and be like, yo, like and subscribe. Also showing up as myself and just saying like, hey, there's a human being that makes this. And just having fun with it and sharing my process and sharing my highs and also sharing like, not like my lows. I don't call it sharing my lows, just showing like the reality. I'm like, yo, David got some writer's block um, mm -hmm. and just sharing like funny memes about writer's block. <laughs> and like, uh, going for a walk <laughs> or, and just like really, or again, going live, showing up as me and be like, Hey everyone, I'm David. I created this shit. Look at my face. And, my <laughs> <big> face. <laughs> and like, <laughs> that's right. A brother moisturize his skin. <laughs> Please buy this. So David can continue moisturizing his skin. I'm kidding. Um, not a moisturizing my skin. Um, but like putting yourself out there as the creative, and sharing your process, showing them the, like I, I shared a funny conversation between me and my artist. Like he was like, hey, how do you want Harriet to look? Cause you want her to like laugh. Like how do you want it to look? And I said, yo, draw this as if Harriet Tubman found out a bunch of like white supremacists caught COVID. And then he drew this thing of Harriet Tubman being like, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> so I was like, right. You know, just like funny stuff or like I share stuff from like my life and like I don't because some some not all creatives, some creatives are very much like, like, here's my art. Nothing about me. But I'm like, oh, let me show you. Like I shared a, a funny thing where this white dude shot an arrow. Uh, it was on the news. He shot an arrow at like peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters. He shot an arrow. And then, and then they came and whooped his ass. And he like this this white man. I'm like I'm like really loud screaming white man. Whatever, fuck it. This, this, this white this cloud colored gentleman. Uh, this almond milk drinking gentleman. This I watch every episode of Friends. Looking sir, freaking got his ass whooped by a group of like black people and he made it seem like oh they attacked me first and everything like that but it's real that you know he shot an arrow and i was like i shared this funny image of like malcolm x and uh, uh martin luther king and like there's <laughs> just a bunch of like black people just like laughing at this white dude all beat up and like one of my friends is uh trump supporter moms got my number and texted me and they're like david this is fuck i don't want to say his name uh, I'll make up an, uh, this is Matthew's mother. <laughs> I saw what you posted and I was very disheartened by it. And what would Harriet Tubman say if you shared that? And, you know, I was like, oh my God, this white woman get my number. And I was like, yo, fuck it. I'm gonna share. I'm, so I, I just texted her. She literally, she gave me so much room. Thank you so much, Mrs. I won't say her name. Uh, Mrs. Thompson. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mrs. Thompson, for this. But she was like, how would Harriet Tubman react if you were doing this? And I just sent her a picture of Harriet Tubman for my comic laughing. And, uh, and I just thought that was funny. So I posted that all. I made that like a post. And then like, yo, issues one through four out right now. <laughs> you know, and, and just really being open and transparent about your life. You know, not making everything about your comic or your art because they want to know who the person is. Like, like I said before, now the creative person is the star now. You know, I think before in the 90s, we, we, the only directors we knew were like James Cameron, George mm -hmm. Lucas, uh, Steven Spielberg, and like, that's it. For black people, Steven Spielberg. Like, that was it. 
<laughs> no, no, for no, for black people like Spike Lee, and like that was it. I don't know why I say too, yeah. but yeah, like, but now you know we know the. I mean, this is also because of social media. We know, we know the director, we know the writers, we know the producers. So, and and they have, and they're famous now. So, uh, I hate the word like make yourself famous, but just kind of be make yourself more visible and uh, be okay with your personality, however your personality is. If you're like a very reserved person, you know, um, have a sense of humor about being a reserved person, you know, and just be honest and open and transparent because people are going to buy your comic not just because it looks cool, but they're going to buy it because they like you and they feel like they know you. Absolutely. That's really good advice for anyone, right? You know, whether you're a creative, uh, you know, of comics, a book, whatever you're trying to put out there. Um, you know, showing who you are as a person is one of the reasons why I wanted to do the podcast because I wanted, you know, to show folks that it's like it's not just the book that you're buying. Like it's cool; they do great work. They really do. Yeah. But like I want to know who they are as a person so that you can relate to them. You know. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and and um, it, it just feels like I don't know. I think someone said something to me where it's like, oh, I feel like I. They were describing this creator and they had never met them, but they they're like, oh, I feel like I've met them in mm-hmm. a way because I've listened to them and their podcast and what they say resonates with me. And I just buy, I bought their books. Some of their books I haven't read. Uh, this is what a friend was telling me is I haven't read some of the books, but I just, I like them as a person. So I'm yeah. like, cool. So let me just be as open the way I would be open. With like one of my closest friends that I like, uh, care about and love when I'm on this. Uh, someone, Michael Watson, people have to like you first at this stage of the game. Yes. People have to, not only do they have to like you, they got to love you a little bit. <laughs> just, just like a little bit. Like we've been dating for four months type of love. Um, <laughs> not not like I'm ready to like move in and share a Honda and an HBO Max password with you. <laughs> like, you know? um, so yeah. yeah. People need to, people, people need to like you and you got to be approachable like there was a there's a buddy of my i won't i won't say his name but there's a buddy of mine who has who's really popular on instagram for his art and he i think he has like 200 something thousand followers and but he's a very quiet reserved person and people were coming to his table we were sharing a booth at like a convention and uh uh people were coming to his booth and they were kind of like a little off putting by how kind of like he was and i'm like dude you're at a convention you literally have your own store <laughs> that people are coming to like i know it like i know it's like early but please like you must maintain a certain level of energy yeah. for this and then he's like man but i'm i'm, I'm, like, I'm like okay listen and I, this is kind of cocky, but I was like, I'm like, yo, just watch me. <laughs> and and uh, just because I'm like, you know, people like it's a it's a gift. This it's a gift that like there's a banner of something that was in my head, and now it's like a banner, and it's behind me. <laughs> you know, uh, and people are like, oh, that's cool. Like that's even dope for me. Oh. You know, and people are and people walk over and they want to talk to you and ask you about it. So I'm like. I always say that every creative person should treat their book or whatever they do. They need to treat it. I'm like shaking. The, I'm shaking like the camera because I'm, I'm like. <laughs> um, they need to treat whatever they create like it's Star Wars. You know, you have to go hard and passionate for your thing like it is Star Wars. 
Uh, I have shared, I think I, I, I've done two Kickstarters now during terrible suicidal times for a, a, a book or any type of Kickstarter during a time where a Star Wars movie was coming out and it was that three-week period of like a Star Wars movie coming out or like the hardest one, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> it was the last time I did my, and the Game of Thrones series finale. Don't be like me. But everyone, everyone was sharing like, yo, Avengers, this this moment in Avengers. Oh, this moment in a uh, 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 freaking um, Game of Thrones was trash, whatever. But I'm like, okay, we have to be as, that stuff is cool, but like be that passionate about your thing. Like it's Game of Thrones, like it's Avengers Endgame. Like I don't think I shared uh, also because I, because like I had to. I I think I shared like one thing of Avengers Endgame because my Kickstarter dropped the week it was opening. So like really being passionate about your project, whatever it is, like it's the newest like franchise, and that energy will be it will make you magnetic and it'll be contagious in a way because. Mm-hmm. You know, deep down inside, people are more attracted to positivity. They're much more attracted to love and, and like, passion. And so he was watching me, like, talk to people, like, just nerding out about, like, you know, my comic. And, you know, and he'd started doing that for his art, you know, and then really connecting to the why of why he made this. And the why of, like, oh, this is cool to me. This is why it's cool to me. And he started to sell a bunch of his stuff. <laughs> and and he, 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 like... Like, he, like, sold, I think he sold out of his stuff. And I was like, see, be passionate about your stuff. And, like, turn, be turned on for your stuff. Turn, turn on and turn up for your stuff, please. And he was like, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, so, like, again, like, that's that's how you got to be. Be passionate. Like, or whoever whoever is listening to this <laughs> whatever you do if if you're in music girl boy be on your thing like beyonce and uh <laughs> you know so yeah so that, that that's how i feel yeah that's awesome that's great advice for anyone you know endeavoring to do anything you know like love your stuff show you know because people won't really um love it as uh, you know as much as you will so you got to show them you know why you're so passionate about it and why you feel like it's worth the time energy and investment to bring this to the world because a lot of us have a lot of unique skills and talents that like it's really just a mind thing about like bringing it forward and being brave enough and courageous enough to like let the world see you kind of you know going back to you know what you were talking about a little bit before um yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. R- really expose yourself because yo, uh, th- like yeah, this is scary, yo. Th- this is scary. <laughs> uh, and I'm not. I will admit, like, I-, I was not gonna do this as a Kickstarter. The first one, like, I had the idea and had shared the the image, and uh, I was nervous about doing a Kickstarter because I had just seen a uh, Michael Watson said, "Turn on and turn up, love it." Yes, right. I had seen a Kickstarter that was $10,000 away from its goal. And I thought it was a really cool thing. And it didn't make its money. And it was mm-hmm. a failure. So I was like, I was like nervous about failing publicly. Cause you know, yeah. if I fail at things, you know, if, if I trip, you know, 
if I trip in my bathroom, like, oh, only I saw that shit. Me and my neighbor heard a, heard a loud thrash. That's about it. But, like, <laughs> but, you know, to do it publicly, I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, I, I feel weird with my passion and everything. Like, uh, just really avoiding that and just focusing on the vulnerability. And by vulnerability, I don't mean, like, being vulnerable. I mean, like, being vulnerable, you know? Yeah. Like they they say that the energy the energy of being nervous and excited are it's the same energy but it's about like the lens yeah Drew Phillips why would I be excited about your stuff if you aren't excited about yourself yes exactly that is true um, but yeah like the energy of being excited versus the energy of being like nervous same energy but it's all about like the lens you put on it you know like. I think that that helped me out because my background is in acting and I used to be nervous about getting on stage and I would kind of like shrink a little bit. But uh, I think my, one of my coaches just said, Hey, like again, same energy, but it's about the lens. So imagine you're going down like a roller coaster ride. He was white. I'm like, that's a terrible example. <laughs> like my black ass is afraid of heights, but I think it's something else, brother. <laughs> dig a little deeper. But he was like, okay, like you're going on like a date with someone you like care about and whatever you connect with. And I'm like, all right. So just being open, showing up like this, <laughs> showing up like expanded and excited, you know, to and and no matter what happens, at least you're at least you're there. At least you're on the court and you're in the game and you're doing it, you know, because you're whooping everyone else's ass who's like sitting there thinking about it. You're actually out there. You might you're like you might like yo, you might not score a shot, but damn, you are playing. At least you playing. Like keep playing. <laughs> exactly. It'll take practice. So back when you were younger, you did a comic strip called Adventures of Thunder Boy. and you talked uh, a little bit about how you didn't like um reading as a child but comics was something that helped you to like to grasp your attention and you know help you to learn through reading through comics um do you have any plans to dust that off and venture into children's literature or create more comic stories that are targeted at younger readers Yes, yes, I do. I'm going to do this comic book. I mean, not comic, but it's going to be a children's book uh, called Might is Grow on Trees. And it's literally going to be like, you know, I don't know, when I was a kid, I'm like, Mom, Dad, I want a Sega Genesis. And they're like, son, Might doesn't grow on, grow on trees. We just got you a Super Nintendo. And I was like, Might is? Like, I don't know, as a kid, I was, I just thought like, I just thought like, oh, money growing on trees. And I'm like, so it's, it's just like a funny picture book of like, you know, this kid, his parents say like a certain thing, but he like that he takes it like literally. Um, I just thought it was a cute, funny thing. Like you know, if like like I think my my nephew or my nieces they heard that I said I liked Eminem, and they uh, I showed them like a picture of Eminem. this was probably terrible. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's Eminem. That's the, this rapper that I like, and they were like, oh, we thought he was an actual Eminem. <laughs> they're, they're like really let down. They're like really disappointed. They, I, I was like, what? Like they, they thought like an actual like like from the freaking commercials was gonna come on and start like rapping or something like that. I'm like, no. It's, I'm like, y'all so cute. So I, like, I'm just gonna kind of put that in, in the picture book, you know, because children's imaginations are funny and cute. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, speaking of like creative, on your Facebook page, you mm-hmm. provided Harriet with two cans of twisted tea to fight during the height of the twisted tea memes. Are you going to have a twisted tea variant comic? <laughs> I am now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I should freaking do. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I, the dude who drew that Nicholas J. Paribas, I was like, "Yo, man, I, I'm doing this with your art." I'm like, I'm like, just deal with it. He was like, "Yo, go, go ahead." <laughs> He's like, "I right, bet." Uh, yo, I should, cause, cause I, I made like a Corona variant where I turned all the vampires into COVID, and I put a mask on Harriet, cause I was like, "Yo, wear a mask so I can like." see movies and stuff and like you know i'm running out of date options with this bumble account my black ass ain't going outside and <laughs> like i am not taking this girl to a park y'all i am freezing i like this ain't cute so everyone wear a mask my black ass is tired of taking these women to outdoor restaurants <laughs> too cold for this shit <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. Kickstarter reward. I, I'm, I'm telling you that that's that's. The yeah. <laughs> hey yo, seventy five dollar tier, twisted tea, Harriet Tubman. Five dollars. What are you talking about? What? That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. How much that's gonna cost me to like just? Well, I, I already. I can just use the one that I have and just blow it up. Yes, I mean. <laughs> Use the one that I have and just like do a, 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 a what's it called a high res scan or, or something and <laughs> no I, shirt at the very least something I, I know they do well done Moana you have you have you have convinced me Moana I will I'm do just it saying, you know. <laughs> Kickstarter is my jam so. It, it, it will happen. Yeah, my friend didn't. One of my friends didn't know Twisted Tea was like he thought it was like Arizona iced tea or something. Like that. <laughs> so he like he like bought it and like went home and then he he like finished. He's like he's a lightweight. He finished the can and he didn't know that it was like alcohol. He just thought oh it's iced tea and he like downed it and he was cleaning and he was just like. <laughs> you like he like told me about it. He's like he's like, yo man, I just drank this whole twisted tea. I'm like, um, it, it's twisted hard tea, man. It's it's alcohol in it, like twenty percent alcohol. Oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, I gotta lay down. <laughs> All right. So as we wrap it up here, last question: What kind of legacy do you intend to leave with your art? Um, I intend to leave a legacy of inspiration and making sure that black boys are okay with their vulnerability. Um, not more, more than okay with their vulnerability, like really excited about it, not ashamed of it, and also can be nerdy and creative with 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 themselves. And and again, like yes, I want that for, for black women and people of color, but you know, I I just see like especially like black boys, their humanity and their love and softness is kind of under under attack a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where they're kind of forced to be hardened and it's not really cool to be, you know, soft or to have love basically or jovialness. Like I just, I saw this play a couple of years ago and in this play, it was like a collection of short 
scenes and this dude this big hulking black man hired a prostitute and she was like what do you want you know what do you want me to do and he was like i just want to be hugged and i was like oh shit and i, I was like he and he, he didn't want sex from this prostitute he just wanted to be hugged and he wanted to be loved and the audience laughed like it was fucking funny and i'm like i'm like no no this is not good this is this is not good and i was like <laughs> but I'm, I'm like no like please <laughs> please be okay with loving yourself and also wanting to be loved you don't have to be this like i mean it's cool to be you can still you can you can be both still you can still be like, yeah. like but like please like be okay with your humanity and uh yeah just leave me a legacy of creativity and love and uh an embrace of softness because we're told a million times to be hard and to be this and kind of dead those parts of us, you know? So that's what I want. That's good. That's awesome. Well, I really enjoyed the interview tonight. It's just been such a pleasure to talk with you. I think you had just such amazing, like a broad um, spectrum of experience and just like thoughts for people to think about um, a different mindset, which I think is really important specifically in 2021 um given you know all the all the challenges that we have right now too yeah a lot of we, we, we will get we will get through this yes we will yes we, we will. will we absolutely it, will yeah it, 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 i mean it's only day eight like seven yeah it's only day but but, but i i think it's a I don't know, someone said this to me. They said, you know, before you put bad kids to bed, they act craziest. That's when they act like, and I, I have nieces, I love my nieces and nephews. But when you put them to bed, they're like, they, you know, kick and scream and storm capitals. Shit, I mean, um, <laughs> you know, like that stuff, type of stuff happens. But I think they know their time is coming and it's ending. So they're going to be acting up a little bit. So let them act up, let them be crazy and get arrested or shot or not and uh, love yourself more and laugh at them and share memes and get banned on Facebook for three days. <laughs> Alrighty guys. Well, thank you everybody who is listening and watching to tonight's show. We appreciate you all um, checking us out and um, learning more about the beautiful in indigenous community and the amazing creatives who are a part of it. Uh, be sure to follow us on the Moana Nui podcast at moananuipodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at the Real Life Moana. Um, and please also follow David at D. Crownson and Dana, my beautiful co-host, at Danike Events as well. Thank you, everybody. Until we, we talk to you all again, take care, wear your mask, stay safe, and be good to each other. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.